Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. But uh, just seconds away from your next edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Hello, I'm Nikki Dakota. I'm your host, joined in the studio today by none other than storyboard artist to all the big stars. He's been, he's drawn, he's put more ink to page concerning movies than any other man alive. He is J. Todd Anderson. And you know what, Nikki Secret Dakota Ring? <laughs> yeah. You got a friend in me. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, and you know what? Our man at the Library of Congress <laughs> is standing by, and I'll bet you... You bet me what? That he's a, a friend, friend. too. We call him a friend of ours. He is the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress, an all-around amazing film guy. George Willeman via the phone line. George, welcome. Gabba, gabba, hey. <laughs> uh. that, that song that we were just hearing was actually uh, two mega uh, musical figures in contemporary music, uh, none other than Randy Newman and Lyle Lovett chiming in for the theme song of our movie today, which J. Todd is. Oh, that's Randy Newman, who's yes. uh, singing with Lyle Lovett. Yes. And, uh, this movie, I'm sorry, it was... Wasn't paying attention over here. Yeah, but that's all right. You're allowed. Toy Story. Toy yes. Story. Yes, that's what we're talking about today. The a first one. perfect movie indeed. Yeah, and first Toy Story. Toy Story and uh, George Willeman, uh, uh, Film Brain, and it was out in what year? It came out in 1995. And it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago on this picture. It's I was still just as fresh as it ever was. It I certainly think. is. Um, definitely, definitely a kid-friendly movie, but also something that uh, that grown-up actual kid, people can get something can sit there out of. And watch that thing, all right. <laughs> I adore this movie. It, uh, it was quite good. And as we as we think of these things, as we consider movies that are perfect in every way, it is not something that has come to Jay Todd or George in a dream. It is, in fact. The, uh, the, the, the it has come through rigorous testing yes. and standards. The perfect movie film board meets. The suits get together and they pass that you know the suggestions around and then they say, well, "Shall we approach them now?" And they put it in that little tube and it goes up the little <laughs> thing. It shoots up to George and I and we're sitting up there like the pneumatic tube. We're up there watching cartoons and stuff. Oh, what's this? We got to talk about the perfect movie today and then we decide. Yes, and we use our rules. So right, the George? riffraff doesn't even get to you. It has. Well, and then and normally we end up having to like discard like fourteen pages. Of notes written by Bud Insky. Bud Insky. Always tries to get his <laughs> That guy's there. always falling down in the board meetings. He tipped over that water cooler one time, just spilled water all over. It, it didn't land on the floor. It was on the table. It rolled down the table and got everybody wet. Like but a George, great movie scene, George really. picked this guy out. He's one of his <laughs> friends. And I said, well, his eyes aren't too closely set together on his head. So. And after this rigorous and strenuous, <laughs> I'll add now, to the uh, this rule uh, gauntlet, uh, we have decided on these rules, indeed. Yes. Well, Toy Story is a perfect movie because it creates the world it exists in. And it totally sustains that world. And regardless of changes in society, Toy Story retains its meaning and entertainment value. And Toy Story will never be placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. It is judged perfect by its own scale. 
And yes. given that, the I... great George Willimon, who has seen seven million five hundred and fifty-six thousand films. No, did I make a mistake? It's six hundred and twelve. I think is no, the no. Last we were, we were at. What were uh, I don't know. It's, it's one more than it was yesterday. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and since given that, uh, that great, great, uh, and I'm let's telling just say you, pedigree from the day this movie came out of the box, George and I thought this was a perfect movie. Well, there's uh, no question about it, and let's. Uh, Am first... I not correct, George? Uh, you are correct. From the very first time you saw it, there was no. As I remember, in. when George and I saw this, we thought, "Doggone it, this is a perfect movie." You know. I have to agree. Uh, let's uh, just quickly, George Williman, give us a little plot synopsis and uh, the action in this very unique perspective movie. Well, the the whole story is about a a toy cowboy named Woody, uh, who finds himself in danger of being replaced in his uh, small child's uh, master's place by a fancy spaceman toy. Uh, so at first, Woody... Buzz Lightyear. Right, Buzz Lightyear. And Woody tries to find a way to, to get his place back or to, to get rid of Buzz Lightyear. Uh, has second thoughts about it, but it's too late. He ends up, you know, Buzz ends up getting knocked out of the window. Uh, and then he tries to, to fancy a rescue, but both of them end up getting lost, and they... End up in the uh, the home of Sid Phillips, the evil Sid Phillips from next door, who delights in taking toys apart and putting them back together in the wrong way. And who hasn't known a neighbor like that? <laughs> the yeah, Franken yeah, neighbor. Really. Who yeah. hasn't had like a creepy neighbor that did that kind of stuff? You know. <laughs> now I remember. I mean, I would I would like at times take my sister's doll's arms off and put them on in reverse. <laughs> Then he Put tried that to his sister when she was one, and she didn't like that very much at all. She still Never holds that against same. George, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and my sister actually did shave one of her doll's heads so it looked like the, the kind of creepy spider doll robot thing in Sid's, be- in Sid's bedroom. Right, because that's the way their hair comes out. It comes out yeah, in little, like, like circles. Little that's one of the cool things about this movie. You get sort of this, uh, you forget about the, the minute sort of uh, close-up version of toys that you're intimate with when you're young, but when you're older. Well, you most of these of... are very, uh, George, do you want to wrap up a synopsis before we start oh, well, running um, through the garden here? <laughs> you need to give me the spoiler alert then? Oh, are we going to? Uh, here we go. Oh, really? Already? Spoiler already? Well, the yeah, works because, and, you know, I, and we... they get back to the house and, and everything's okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> so that's it. That's a spoiler. They get back to the house and everything's okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> that's it. Yes. It's a perfect movie. And the Pulitzer goes to George Willem. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I worked hard for this. Honor. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. So it's basically uh, the the uh, the star toy who's worried about being supplanted by the new literal space star toy, toy yeah. and then uh, and but uh, and then they end up. Isn't there some you know making friends and realizing we're all we're all just after the same thing and well, love the movie, is universal and a big hug? Isn't there? The movie oh, kind yeah. of falls into the category when when you're in film school. There's always like four or five categories on movies, and this is what's commonly known as a quest um, where you're always trying to get because they're moving, you know, in this movie, they're moving to a different place. And this is, um, there's so many different quests and movies, you know, that we've grown up on, um, to, you know, Ten Commandments, name a few there, George, how many, the oh, really gosh, great uh, quest movies. Well, The Searchers. Yeah, ah. that's a quest. Um, the quest movie, Ten Commandments. There's so many of them. It's many you know, westerns. Our history, you know, uh, going out to the west, the Oklahoma Territory. That's all quest, uh, and it goes back to biblical times. But this movie is really a nice, refreshing 
take on that quest. Um, you, they're going, the family is moving away, and these two dolls, and what I really found was really cool about how they set up, they set this movie up is that nobody can see these toys when they're running around except for animals and occasionally a small child. And they're um, still until occasionally right, you know. but they're still they, they they like lie flat until they're gone, and then there's <laughs> it's like beautiful how they everybody it's somebody, all clear. an eye line comes their way they collapse. It's really <laughs> great stuff. Um, it's just really wonderful storytelling in this movie. There's not too many movies that are gonna just be right on the mark every time in a narrative like this film. I I think that no matter how they did this film, it probably would have been successful because the narrative is so strong. It just so happens they developed the narrative for this new um, uh, computer-generated animation. Which was pretty early in this in the in the whole movie CGI um, uh, genre, wasn't it, George? Well, it was and it wasn't. I mean, Toy Story was the first full-length film to be done uh, fully in computer animation, but Pixar had been around for years, uh, starting back in the early 80s when it was uh, founded as part of Lucasfilm, doing these little shorts that were all computer-animated. And, you know, I remember some of those. They're very memorable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they'd be like two or three minutes long. It's like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah, there's there's one very neat. famous one called Junior, I believe, and it's this lamp and the and the ball. And this ball makes an appearance in this movie. That ball that's in that right. uh, little short. I even think I didn't look closely, but I'll bet you uh, that the lamp's in there somewhere. That well, was yeah, one of their the more Lux- famous. Uh, the the Luxo lamp is what knocks Buzz Lightyear out of the window. <laughs> there you go. Now, see, I remember that very clearly, and that I mean that must have been uh, what? Could it be approaching oh, man, that fifteen was like, years ago? Had now? To be, we, uh, more than that. that was, we were I in college, Luxo right, George? Like nineteen eighty-four. Wow. Yeah, we were back in school. So how yeah. nice that they give the nod. We see this a lot among filmmakers, don't we? That they, you know, their earlier work is. Well, is... these guys are so tight. Lasseter's boys, John Lasseter, who's Mr. Pixar, which is now an Apple company. Um, Lasseter has always been, and George and I both have agreed that we think that he's kind of the new Walt Disney in many ways. Hmm. Yeah, this this film has a lot in common with Snow White in that it is they were both first in their animation field, and in both ways their creators are very much sort of innovators and story guys and, ex- I mean, excellent storytellers. And John Laster is very much like Walt Disney in many ways. I mean, he, uh, you, you know, uh, we have so many animated, computer-animated films coming out now. now who knows how many, what, four or five a year? And they're it's, all pretty, pretty... Yeah, cell, replace, cell but, animation has all been, yeah. been... This was the Doom Patrol for cell animation this movie here is as lovely as this picture is and we love it it's still the doom patrol for old-fashioned cell animation because after that this movie hit it was only a matter of time yeah there really aren't any old style animation movies being made are there is that is that right Uh, not any features i'm sure there's a lot of independent people out there still doing it but uh a last few holdouts uh, a friend of mine who was an animator uh who lives in pennsylvania i think he's pretty much gone all digital now and he was a Long-time holdout. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, you can't compete anymore. The sort of like the, the film cameras. Back then it took well a lot more time to do these things and a lot more storage, and they've got that all licked. And uh, the Iron Giant, which we reviewed last year, is was one of the last holdouts on that cell animation business. And it, and it also had a lot of CGI in it. Mixed more in. More than you probably even realize. 
in that style. Yep. We're talking about Toy Story on Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, the 1995 animation classic. I almost feel funny saying animation classic because it seems like it really, this sort should have a distinct name from animation, which you think of as like the early, you know, Steamboat Willie and all the yeah. early. It's still animation no matter yeah. how you look at it. It's being right. created. There's no gravity. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think of it. That would be a definition, wouldn't it? Well, that's what I do as a storyboarder. As I, I remember, I touched one other time. Is that that's the big deal between me and storyboard guys who do animation? Is that gravity is the law in my world because it's live action, you know? Because it's going to have to be represented by real yeah, things. Yeah, there's got to be something uh, that's going to keep this person attached to her. Generally, it's gravity, and then in animation, they never have to worry about that. However, this picture uh, does a pretty. They don't kind of they don't deviate very much from that aspect of live action in this movie. They're still restricted by uh, the principles of, of what we have to deal with in live action stuff, and they don't which devi- they chose to do. They don't deviate. They don't like you know. It's a when he's flying. It's it's obvious that there's there's weight and and yeah. I mean, they don't break off that rule, man. They they keep they hold on to this. One of the reasons we it fits into our first rule is because it really maintains that. Um, uh, our third rule maintains that thing. Um, well, that, that's one of the interesting things that came out of this film and came out of this animation technique that wasn't in there a lot before is uh, people who specialize in things like like weight and gravity and how things move through space, how things move through water. And if you watch the way Pixar films build, especially, you know, there always, almost always seems to be a short and then a feature and then a short and then a feature because, again, Laster does very much like Walt Disney did, where he'll do a short to try some new techniques, and once they get those worked out, then they'll add them into the next film. So what but has Lasseter done since, I guess? He's, he's now sort of moved into the, again, like Walt Disney, he moved, has moved into the producer's chair. He uh, is so Disney every one now. Of the, every one of the films that's come out from Pixar since Toy Story, he has been pretty much the producer of. Well, right now, Walt Disney pretty much is, Walt Disney Corporation is pretty much John Lasseter, the animation, uh, the film division. Don't you think, George? Well, no, they're, ki- they're keeping it separate because Disney has its own computer animation studio. But we all know who the big dog is over but, there. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Pixar Over there on Olive <laughs> Avenue. We, we know who the big dog yeah. is over there. Pixar Disney is. It's John Lasseter. Crown, crown jewel, I think, yeah. for Disney. And then a few years ago when Disney and Pixar were having a sort of a kind of a snit over over different things and it looked like, like Pixar was going to leave, uh, it looked like Disney did whatever they had to to keep uh, Pixar in the fold there. Because yeah, they traded away Al Michaels again. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who were listening last year, last week, uh, <laughs> Disney traded Al Michaels for Oswald the Magic Rabbit. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and from what I from what I heard uh, from a friend of mine who's got who got the Oswald set, Al Michaels is on there. Oh, is that right? <laughs> is he wearing ears? <laughs> so you know, another interesting thing about this movie, beyond the fact that it meets all the rules, I think that it was uh, brilliant in its choice of characters on several levels. First of all. Within toys, it's so easy to assign them, you know, these sort of classic uh, good storytelling characters. There's the buffoon. There's the, uh, the the plunky girl. There's the, you know, crotchety, you know, hermit miner. There's the... The potato head, man. The potato head. He's always losing his parts, which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Putting he's, them on in the picasso He's always, you know, he always takes the hit, you know, and everything springs <laughs> off of him. 
great character. I just Plus, love Plus, the other part of the brilliant uh, choice of toys for this, well, Toy Story, is I was watching it and I was thinking, wow, it's like a built-in merchandise yeah, but a lot, of those, a lot of those toys are pretty old toys. Most of those toys I remember like the Edge of Sketch growing up in sure. the, from the 60s and 70s. And, yeah, and that, that movie actually gave sort of a, a rebirth to a lot of those toys, like the Edge of Sketch, like the Slinky Dog. I remember and, that. Uh, and the, the, the bucket full of uh, army men. Yeah. That's... Like that. <laughs> I mean, that was in 1995. I can't remember what video games were out back then. Not too many, but not like now. Mm. And these are all visceral toys, you know. You play with them, and it's it's kind of refreshing to watch this movie. That there's actual the Buzz Lightyear toy, which is you know really cool looking toy, man. Right. And uh, and you know Woody's toy, there, Tom Hanks character. Um, this movie, um, which actually sort of speaks to rule number three about you know the sustaining value. I was actually at a friend's house recently, and I knew we were going to be watching this movie, and and I'm coming down the steps and and their son has left a Woody doll on the steps and I picked it up and I was like wow we're going to be reviewing this movie that's really funny that I should find this here she goes yeah and it was all beat up and dirty you know and and, and she goes yeah he really doesn't play with it that much anymore but I can't bring myself to throw it away because of the movie yeah <laughs> because well, because of abandoning it right yeah. As, as I am sitting here, I just realized I looked up on top of my computer desk, and there's Woody looking down at me. You mean you didn't? Have a Woody, Woody, little Woody doll sitting there. And that wasn't just for this show. You've always. Oh no, no, he's been sitting there for for ages. <laughs> and there's a Buzz Lightyear around here too, somewhere. You, you know, click so him, and his wings pop out. And he, the buddy, the um, the uh, the Woody guy. He's he's really a great character in this movie, and. And uh, he's fighting for his turf and his emotional turf. And then Buzz Lightyear comes and then Buzz Lightyear thinks that he's real, which I think is just tr absolutely sensational when he sees himself on this wonderful commercial that Penn Jillette is narrating, you know, available to all toy bonds in the tri-state area. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> Yeah, I was talking. It's just so much like those cool toy commercials he used to have with G.I. Joe's. And, and he sees himself and he's devastated. He finds out he really is a toy. You know, I can't tell you how many people that I know that, that their idea of God is them on their best day with superpowers. You know, it's very much. And that's very much Buzz Lightyear, man. He's, he's so wonderful. And then he's, he just goes down so hard when he finds out he's a toy. And then and Woody, Woody helps him, yeah. Woody, because he, he, he put him in that position. Yeah. Now he feels he's got this burden of knowledge of his, called guilt. And he goes <laughs> and he, he tries to bob him. And they, it's just, just wonderful storytelling. It is. It's well, very good. The kids well, like it, and I do too. One other little thing, if we have a couple minutes here, one of the other great things about this movie that we've, brushed upon, but I wanted to talk a little more about, is the sort of the sense of fun of looking for things sort of hidden within the images. As we were saying earlier, the guys at Pixar love putting stuff in oh, their movies. Boy, they do Just that. like the guys at Disney did. But uh, some of them, I mean, there are some great things in Toy Story that even the like person what? I thought, Like what? Well, like in Sid's house, the carpeting. The carpeting in Sid's house is the carpeting in the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Come on. Yes. Only you would catch it's that, George. Carpeting. Um, I was watching the movie. When... <laughs> well, I've seen this so Therefore, many I did times. not notice. The... Well, it, it scares me because I noticed that the first time I saw the movie. And I was watching the movie, too, but that carpeting is very, very unique. But wait just a second. You said, and we were talking over, you've seen it how many times? I don't know. Many. Like, just guess. Ballpark I don't know, it. 15, 20 times. Wow, that's a lot. 
That's a lot. But there are other things like, well, like like John mentioned, the, the Luxo lamp and the, yeah, the Luxo ball lamp's just are terrific. both, you know, back going back to the early days. Also, when uh, Woody has the meeting at the beginning of the film with all the toys, he's standing in front of a bookcase, and on the bookcase are books titled Red's Dream and Tin Toy, and one of them, you know, Tin Toy is... The author is Lassiter, so there's all these names. I saw I saw like a field manual for GI Joe, I think, in there. Um, oh, highly possible. It was it was kind of buried in the background. What you just get these little Footlocker field manuals with your 12 inch GI Joe, not the wimpy six inch GI yeah, Joe. See, um, now I'm going to have to watch this several more times, and instead of actually watching the movie, I'm going to be looking at these details. You know, of course, uh, many people will tell you that uh, a great movie is because it's cast so well, and this movie is cast. Yeah, we should say the voice, the voice got, artist. Ford, this beautiful combination of acting between Tom Hanks and, and, and Tim Allen. And all these great voices in the background. You got Arlie Ermey. He's the soldier, you know. Yeah. He nobody could be better than him. I uh, don't know who that is, but I'm, he, Arlie I, he, Ermey it was a good is, voice. Was a, in a Full Metal Jacket, he was the uh, the drill instructor. Oh, yeah, and he's Excellent. so great. He's he's list, He they're they're unwrapping presents and he's presents and he's telling them, you know. He's just unwrapped, you know. Yeah, at the birthday party, which also my kids were particularly keen on. I mean, they really keyed in on that scene that that because it hadn't occurred to them that every time they get a new toy, another toy is supplanted, <laughs> and they had oh. a little bit of sorrow, a little sadness in their hearts. To you know think what? About speaking it. of sorrow oh, and don't sadness, have Toy Story two then because that one about made me cry. Well, <laughs> well yeah, that that one. But speaking of sorrow and sadness, how about when all his friends just let Woody go? Yeah. <laughs> just said, good luck. <laughs> you pal how real is that i'll tell you it's really real did you have a hard time when you were young jay Tom? Uh, well you know we haven't got 15 hours to talk about it. we only have a half hour for this show drawing 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 pictures is a, is a very solitary uh action again i did it in a room trapped for hours you know because they wouldn't let me out so. i was curious actually um jay todd if you have you ever done storyboards for an animated? I've never done animation, and it's a different deal. Yeah. It's a completely different deal because you're working, as we've uh, George and I have talked about, you're working with a technical premise of no gravity, and the timing is a lot different because it's animation. It's it's uh, it's there's a lot. Of, I don't think they use all 24 frames a lot of times. Maybe now with computers they do, but in this this movie here, George and I were talking earlier. We're pretty sure this movie started the standard Disney way of doing things, which is where they storyboard it, and then they do all the sound and the do all the music first, uh, and then they go in and they do picture. Um, once right, they the get all locked down, they get they get the, you know the movie's locked down and the time it's going to run with the animation with with people's voices and uh, according to storyboards, they just That's look at storyboards. Very and, uh, interesting because also I've noticed that often, particularly I guess I was thinking of uh, like the the Sully monster in in Monsters Inc. kind of looks like John Goodman who does the voice. So I guess if you have all that laid down first and then you sort of create the well, character, well, they've always done that. Like in Jungle Book, you'll see that those characters kind of resemble. They try to make them resemble the the very famous actors, which actors like to do it now because they go into a studio and they can look really bad, and then they just do their stuff and walk away and get paid. What is it, twenty, thirty million dollars? Oh my goodness! Yeah, let's let's, let's hone hone our voice skills now. But the beautiful thing about Toy Story, when you watch it, it is immaculately timed and cinematically laid out. Little little push ins just at the right moment. Eye lines right where they should be when she's having tea with Buzz Lightyear and he's sitting there looking at him, you know, and it's just just funny stuff. It's just well, and the beautiful lighting in the film. I mean, uh, you know, 
That's as a great, funny as word. Great, as Disney, as great as all the Disney animated films are, none of them ever got to play with lighting like these guys did. You know, the whole department does nothing but lighting. So it's how interesting that I mean, even though they're not bound by all these things, they took great detail to represent gravity properly and, and give the different lighting. Well, aspects. again, it's as we, uh, we like to say, it's not about reality. It's about believability. You want to believe this. We don't, it's not necessarily what is real. It's what you believe to be real, the perception of all this. This is Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. We are indeed talking about the 1995 classic, now classic. I think that's fair to say. It's oh, fair. yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, Toy Story. And um, let's, let's, let's talk about uh, the rules. I believe that it just not only meets them, it almost surpasses the qualifications for each of the rules. It certainly creates the world. I mean... Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. You yeah. fall right in from the first first you know scene and you're just like yeah and you want to be there it has a, even a certain like magnetism to it like the, oh, that i would say this movie sucks you in immediately don't you george oh yeah it's just before right you know it, that hooks in your cheek and you can't get away <laughs> sustains that world without question you're just along for every moment every every frame and, and plus at the time i remember being so amazed and delighted not just by the story and and the animation but but the but the kind of animation i just was like well, it was only, like a, only, a marvel to me the only place that i didn't really care for the animation is when they showed the children and everything it was kind of hard to look at them but this the is the real life part believe it or yeah. not 1995 well this and is, I, I was saying we were talking about this the other day and i i thought they were really smart at pixar and they still do this this, this day in that the the human characters are never allowed to be Real, realistically human. They're sort of, you know, they're they're human-esque, more human you... than the regular car- than the car- you know, toy characters. But yeah. they keep them from being too realistic because I think they knew that at that time, their human animation wasn't to the point yet where it was super believable. So they didn't want to, you know, make the jarring switch between the and toys the, the and early Anna Br- Warner Brother uh, cartoons and. Uh, the early MGM cartoons, you'd see just big feet running around, right. big fat ankles. <laughs> Which is know. a brilliant way to handle that, too. I, I always yeah. love that. And it's that, really interesting know? if you see the Pixar's, Big floor patterns, you know. You know, Pixar's newest animated film, Ratatouille, which is also just amazing, uh, all the human characters in that are very wildly caricatured. You know, they're, they're definitely human characters, but they're, they're cartoony human characters. And the same way with, like, The, the Incredible. You know, yeah, that's they, another piece of beautiful work there. Well, we could do a whole animation flight of uh, shows, couldn't animation we? Animation is is one of the amazing processes uh, in film history that not too many people, for one thing, it's moving faster than anybody can track it nowadays with technology. I don't right. think they ever dreamed that it was going to get this elaborate. Uh, now they're just questioning, like what we talked about before, believability versus reality. Uh, that's it's a big subject when they're developing these movies. How close to right. like, you know, even at the short time that we've had the digital animated feature, there's already classics of the genre and totally forgettable uh, <laughs> digitally animated films. I mean, with all the ones that are coming out, you know, Pixar's for the most part are all. I would say, I would almost safely say they're all classics, but there are so many others out there. They just come and go. Certainly created that world, sustained it throughout, and and an interesting thing I think about Rule Three about despite cultural changes, it it was brilliant to make reference to these older toys, but also by the, its own existence created created a whole new genre of of classic toys. Yeah. yeah, this is a very American film too. People will always be able to look at this movie as as an American film without even doubting it. Too. 
Lovely. All the way around, no doubt about it. And this just about wraps up another episode of Family Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. While I'm reminding people how to get in touch with us and see archived issues, George, you're thinking of a trivia question. Please write to the Film Guys. And it is easy. Filmguys at perfectmovie.net. That's filmguys at perfectmovie.net. Stop by their website at www.perfectmovie.net. It's so easy we write ourselves just to make ourselves feel good. <laughs> you can write to uh, uh, the Film Guys or stop by uh, wyso.org for archived episodes of the show. You can catch us on iTunes and also at npr.org. All kinds of ways to connect, but I hope that you do. And George, as always, a great pleasure to be here. J. Todd Anderson, you are awesome. And, we're gonna and I'm your friend. And you're my friend. And also my friend over the telephone line from Culpeper, Virginia, George Williman, thanks for being here. Oh, Chuck, you Our man at the Library of Congress. Okay, we're going to we're gonna let anybody know about next time, or is it uh, tightly held Oh, secret? we're doing something very special next time. Okay, <laughs> so stay tuned. It is. It's perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.